Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast for and by Rockies fans. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello and welcome to another edition of Affected by Altitude, a podcast by Purple Row, the Rockies affiliate of SB Nation. I am your host, Skylar Timmons, decked out in my City Connect uniform, and I am joined here by Mr. Thomas Jefferson Hat High School person, Evan Lang. Yeah, mad props to uh, Kenneth Weber for hooking me up with this dope hat in exchange for a donation to TJ's baseball program, because I wear this hat all the time and it's awesome. There you go. And we're also joined by our homie, Mac Wilcox, who has a hat on that I can't tell. It's a band. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any fun baseball hats like you guys. I probably should have switched to the, any of the Rockies hats I do have, but I'm just wearing a band hat and a band tee. Or actually, no, I guess this is a baseball tee, so it kind of counts. Yeah, he's wearing a Nolan But no one's going to know because this isn't a visual medium. So, like, One dang. day it could be. <laughs> one day it could be. we got to get you a, yeah. a fun baseball hat. I, I do need some more fun ones. I've got the City Connect hat over there. I can actually see it from where I'm sitting. I have my City Connect hat over there. I've got a gray Rockies hat. I've got a black White Sox hat. And I've got two other Rockies hats that aren't here. I don't know where those are at. They're probably in storage somewhere. I, need, I, got, I got them. I promise. They're there. I have a hat not on that it. just says Nasty on the front, N-A-Z-T-Y, with 19 on the nice. side. It's the nice. hat that Chuck is wearing in the fishing commercial. Classic. Classic bit of Rockies media. Love it. I have a lot is of it? hats, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We always end up talking about hats. Uh, has anybody ever even entertained the thought of buying one of the terrible new era hats that always come out? Like the weird, like no, like oh, that no. one that had the weird, like holes in it. The Dude. the splatter ones, the paint splatter ones, and because this is not a visual medium, you'll need to know that I was doing the air quotes with my fingers when I said paint splatter. <laughs> no good. Somebody it. At new era needs some help because like occasionally they'll put out a, a neat new design and be like oh okay that's cool and then 
the rest of the time it's just like what are you doing mm-hmm. why are you doing it please stop mm-hmm. like the big league chew hats pretty good yeah those are great yeah those aren't those are not terrible hats that look like somebody took a giant bite out of the bill because they were hungry not good <laughs> i did see and i almost bought it they had at Coors field the other day when i was there they had a Rockies hat that was a regular Rockies hat, but it was the solid dark green that they use for the City Connect jerseys. And I was immediately like, why didn't they use that for the City Connect hat? <laughs> because it's that nice deep green color, same color, um, with just the regular Rockies word mark on it. Yeah. Baseball can never take the easy way out. Mm-hmm. Or I guess the take the, the easy road, but... And yet I keep giving them my money. That's the cycle of life. The circle of life, if you will. That circle on the City Connect hat, that's a circle of life. Yes, it is. Right on my forehead. Uh, We might as well just jump into this and just get deep deep down into the trenches. Uh, I feel like that was icebreaker enough. Yeah, icebreaker enough because we got a lot of stuff to do. Well, folks... Uh, as you probably know, it's not fun being a Rockies fan right now. Team's in a rough patch, uh, and we'll just do our best to to wade through it. We have tons of stuff, but I think one of the first things I want to talk about, just nice and glaring, a lot of injuries as of late, over the, especially here in this second half, where I will run down your little list of injuries here right now of guys that are on the injured list. So we, Jonathan Daza has gone down. Elias Diaz has gone down. Alex Colome has gone down since we last recorded. Antonio Senzatella in his, just his last start, he's going down. Elias Chassin's been down. Chad Cool is still down. And Chris Bryant is still down. It's been rough with the Rockies keeping some guys healthy this season. And as we saw in the early half, a lot of back injuries throughout the season as well. Injuries, the Colorado Herdies, as I call them. <laughs> it's been rough. Uh, what's your take here with the, the injuries and the impact that's having on the team this season? So I'd like to <laughs> say that I unfortunately predicted Colome going on the injured list last episode. Because remember, we were talking yeah. about uh, how much Colome had been struggling over the last month. And I said, you know, it's possible he's got some sort of injury that he's been dealing with. And not too soon after that episode dropped, they put Alex Colomay on the injured on the injured list. And you know, unfortunately, this is not quite the same as the the strange bunch of back injuries that we had early in the season. These are a lot more varied. Um a lot of them are unfortunate accidents or other things like that. Like Jonathan Daza dislocating his shoulder, which he unfortunately has done before. And if you've ever dislocated your shoulder, you know that one, it hurts real bad. And two, the first time you dislocate it, you are going to dislocate it again at some point. And he had dislocated his shoulder while playing in double a, and now here's time number two. And he said it, it wasn't as bad as the first time, but it's going to hurt him for a long time. And so we don't know when he's going to be back. And then Diaz apparently has had the the lingering hand issue for a while, which makes me wonder if that's why his production's been all over the place, is him trying to play through injuries. The Rockies do have an unfortunate history of guys trying to play through injuries and it just making them 
you know, play poorly in addition to being in pain. And so I don't, I don't know what the deal is with that. Colome, same. The real, the real, real painful one is Antonio Sensatella going down yep. yesterday during the Cardinals game where um, he was making a run to first and he just went down. And you could immediately tell, this is not a hamstring pull, this is not a groin pull, this is not something that's going to go. This is potentially pretty serious. Um, uh, a hamstring pull doesn't require two trainers to come and assist you off the field completely while you're basically putting no weight on that leg. My concern is going to be that it's an ACL tear and it's probably going to end his season. I think it's possible that even if it's not an ACL tear, his season might be over. It's 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 frustrating because he had started to uh, really look a lot more like the Senza Taylor that we were expecting over the last couple starts. He had like four or five quality starts in a row. He was not giving up the long ball as much. That was an issue for him early in the season. And he was... He was getting hit around a little bit against the Cardinals to start that game yesterday. But they were all singles. Every single uh, hit he gave up was a single. And, you know, he left the game with runners on base and then had a couple more runs get credit to him when Austin Gomber came in in relief. But, you know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna put those on, on Sousa Taylor. He was not having that bad a start you know, early in the game, especially when the, the Rockies do have the the bad habit of having the one bad inning and that bad inning often tends to be the first inning, but losing Senzi like this is just brutal, especially when the, the rotation right now with Chad cool on the IL as well is, is a little bit thin. Uh, now Skyler, you were telling me earlier um, before we started recording that Chad cool is, um, he's set to do a rehab start soon and he is really starting to to look better and feel better. He had that uh, was it a hip flexor strain, which is something that he's dealt with before in his career. But he's not going to be ready in time for when Senza Taylor's next start's going to be. So you have to wonder: Are they going to pull Gomber in from the rotation, or from uh, from the bullpen? Are they going to pull Denelson Lemay from the bullpen to the rotation for that one start? Who would they bring up? Who would they put down? They have a couple guys on the team right now who are very limited in options that they have left for the season. Um, so you have to tread carefully with the roster moves that you're going to make at this point. And so I'm not sure what we're going to do with that. And it's it's tough because we have some other guys who are potentially going to be back soon, like um, Jolice Chassin. And in, when Jolice Chassin is ready to come back from the injured list, who do you send down? any options here yeah uh something i wanted to, to piggyback off of that is kind of figuring things out we talked a little bit before the show but i wanted to get max take on this with chris bryant you had some good points about you know the injury of chris bryant throughout the season and really i think out of these guys on this list that we're talking about like there are you know you can plug holes naturally with Senzatella going down a lot of these other guys they're not going to be the best options but you can plug some holes because everybody's kind of floating around the same stratosphere. But we really haven't been able to see Chris Bryant to his potential this season like we have a lot of these other guys who have been able to contribute in different aspects. But Chris Bryant, we haven't been able to see it all this year. Like, what, like 40-some-odd games this year? Yeah. 42. Yeah, Chris, Chris Bryant's a tough one because I think that everybody knew 
coming into this Rocky season, maybe not everybody, but I think it was fairly reasonable assumption for most people coming into this season that the Rockies were likely not going to be a playoff contending team, right? And I don't think that's like a hot take to have that the Rockies are playing in one of the tougher divisions in baseball. And for my money, the second hardest after the NL East. Um, you know, the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks and the Giants and the Padres are all very good teams. The Rockies are just not on their level yet, and that's okay. However, I think the storyline entering this season for the Rockies was, okay, let's see what Chris Bryant can bring to Coors Field. He started off a little bit slow, right? He started off, uh, you know, a little cold, but obviously it came to light that that back injury was really bugging him, took some time off, and he came back in, uh, you know, July and well, he came back technically late June, but he really played well uh, for the month of July. He ended up, um, you know, hitting 341 uh, average and, you know, sent a couple balls over the wall and was, and was looking more like himself, more like the the all-star and the World Series champion that we have, you know, seen out of him in, in his time with the Cubs and, you know, short stint with the Giants. But the back injury and now the plantar fasciitis has just completely sidelined him. And uh, honestly, I see personally, I see no reason for him to play this season. I know the Rockies only have about a month and a half left of the season. We were recording on Friday as always. So about a month and a half left in the season, give or take. I really don't see the advantage in letting Chris Bryant play anymore this season. I think that, you know, he's a guy that they've signed to a long-term contract for quite a bit of money. He is the new face of the Rockies with all due respect to, to Charlie Blackman and to Kyle Freeland and a lot of these other characters that we've gotten to know and love over the seasons, Charlie, um, Chris Bryant is the highest profile name that the casual baseball fans going to know. He is the, he is the big, you know, name in that lineup and in that, in that clubhouse these days. I don't think that the Rockies gain anything by having him rush back and play again this season. I think that Chris Bryant as much as it's going to pain him to do so, because he's a gamer and he's a good guy, but I think Chris Bryant should absolutely just take the rest. Of the, and he might. Like, I don't know what his diagnosis is. He's on the 10-day injured list. He might be planning to miss the rest of the season. I don't know. But I'm just saying, if there is any doubt about whether or not he is going to play this year, I see no benefit to it. I think he needs to take the rest of the season off, get his body right, make sure he's ready to come back in 2023, which, I don't know about you guys, I think that the Rockies are actually going to be a demonstrably better team in 2023 as long as they you know let the guys come up that i think we all expect are you know big league ready to get some starts but either way no reason to play respectfully meaningless games in august no reason to play meaningless games in september take the time get better come back next season ready to go i think that's true of a lot of these guys I think that Elias Diaz might be the same way. Again, I don't know what his rehab looks like. I don't know where he's at in the rehabilitation process for his injury. But, you know, Diaz is, is going to stick around. Same thing. No reason to rush back. These guys on the one-year deals, especially guys that are going to be free agents at the end of the season, these cools, these columns, these, uh, these um, sense, um, excuse me, chassines, like, that makes a bit more sense. They want to have a good showing before they hit the free agent market, right? They want to make sure that the... Other clubs can see, okay, after this injury, they came back, they pitched well to finish up the season. That makes a little bit more sense. I get that. But as far as these players that are likely to stick around for a while, you know, Daza doesn't really have a choice. You know what I mean? If Sensatella's injury is what we think it is, he's not really going to have much of a choice. But these other players, like, it's 
respectfully, as as much as a harsh a term this is to use, it's a lost season for the Rockies. You know, the, there there's no longer uh, the season for the Rockies now is going to be fighting to not lose a hundred games, which I don't think they will. They're not going to lose a hundred games. They'd have to go like, you know, twenty and like, you know, thirty nine the rest of the season. They're not going to lose a hundred games, but they're going to lose ninety to ninety five games. And I think that there is no reason for any of these players that are likely to stick with the Rockies long-term to rush back from their injuries. Like, you know, you could just imagine if Chris Bryant comes back here in two weeks for, you know, wanting to finish up September strong, and then he pulls something in his back again. You know what I mean? And then it's like, okay, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. So without any sort of knowledge, without any sort of insider information as to what the rehabilitation process of any of these guys looks like beyond, like, Chad Cool, who I've seen pitch, like, twice... Like, I just think that the Rockies just need to say, okay, go ahead and take the rest of the season, get your bodies right, get back in the gym, work out, feel good, so that 2023 we can have a fully healthy season out of all these guys, especially KB. I think something that I wanted to kind of talk about here and throw it out to you guys, it feels like when it comes to these types of injuries, especially like with Bryant shutting him down for the season and things, it seems like the Rockies – are really hesitant to ever show any signs that they're, you know, admitting defeat on a season, which I, I can understand that. You never want to be beaten, but it, sometimes they act as if, I think our trade deadline discussion was kind of indication of that as well. They don't want to look like, give off the, I guess, the perception that they're giving up on the season or they're punting or they're yep. admitting defeat, even though there's, no chance that they're going anywhere this season. Mm-hmm. No. They have to win, like, what, 12, 13 more games to avoid 100 losses? So in, in a month and a half? So it, it seems like a lot of these moves, that hesitance to, like, call guys up, give them chances, stems from kind of this stubborn feeling of we're not going to admit that we're beat here. What are your thoughts on that, Evan? I mean... You're That's right. You're you're absolutely right. And what I want to say, and it, it's going to sound grouchy, is that it doesn't matter if they don't want to project the image that they are punting or that they've given up or that they're not going anywhere. That's the image that this team is projecting anyway. When you're 19 games below 500, and it's going to be a fight just to not lose 95-plus games, that is the image that the organization gives off. And... You know, it's not. It stinks when a team is bad, but it's okay to recognize that you're bad if you have a plan to stop being bad. And the issue with the Rockies is that they don't. They don't have a plan. They don't have a vision. They don't have an identity. Where we're sailing in the dark here, and I get like, and even Buddy Black was non-committal about wanting to shut down KB for the rest of the season, but what is the point to to risk him getting injured again and not have him be fully healthy for next season when we're in the, in the state that they are? And then uh, Elias Diaz, he's taken some dry swings. He's at the, the very start of beginning um, baseball activities um, to come back. And, you know, I, I wouldn't mind him coming back, but I also wouldn't mind him being shut down for the season because if he can start next season fully healthy and not have these brutally painful slumps that he has had great that'd be awesome that'd be that'd be fantastic and so much of this is going to rely on 
all these big question marks of how we're going to do in 2023 when even outside of the injuries, there are so many question marks for how we do next season because the, the way that the pitching staff has regressed this season is incredibly alarming. And if it's going to be the same next season, then you can expect a very similar season next year. And whether you throw that on the blame of just regression from the players or from the coaching staff, um, Daryl Scott, Buddy Black, um, Reed Cornelius, and I've, I've made my thoughts pretty clear on where I think the fault lies with the regression of the starting pitching. But there is nothing right now that bringing back any of these injured players prematurely is going to do that's going to salvage this season. The season is done. It is August 19th, and you can say very plainly, this season is over. Mm -hmm. Just sort of treading water at this point. And something that I think back to 2020, when they shut down Nolan Arenado for the last couple weeks, and that's in the 60-game truncated season, which... Mm -hmm. Turns out to be very sad because we didn't know it, but we had seen the last game of Nolan Arnado in a Rockies jersey, which is sad to think about in hindsight. <laughs> but like that's kind of like the last time they had one of their higher-profile players where they realized, yeah, he's, we're, we're not going to have him for the rest of the season. And that was like two weeks left, so that makes sense. But when you have a month and a half and these injuries keep lingering and September's coming up, you got to start you know, either cutting weight with underperforming veterans, which unfortunately is Yuli Chassin, one of those instances. You either shut them down or cut them loose and just let guys know September call-ups. You get two extra spots, but you have plenty of options on that roster of, hey, we can either, guys that are injured, open up the space, call up some guys if we need to. No. Start giving some of these younger players, you know, their audition for next season. Get a head start on it, because that bullpen's which, gonna have a lot of open spaces. There's room all over. What do you need to say, Mac? Which is funny because you know we've already kind of seen that as a result of the unfortunate Daza. And again, never want a guy to get hurt. Hope Daza feels okay soon. Hope he comes back next year ready to swing it. Like obviously, but as a result of Jonathan Daza going down, we got to see the debut of Wynton Bernard. Mm -hmm. You know, which has largely been a positive experience. Like, he's not, you know, changing games with one swing of the bat, but he's been solid. He's playing a nice center field out there, you know, in what is a difficult center field to Coors Field. He's done a nice job there. He's uh, got, like, what, like three hits in his first, like, nine or ten at-bats, eleven at-bats. Like, he's fine. He's perfectly serviceable. And, you know, it's these opportunities that the Rockies have to say, okay, you know, we're going to shut down KB for the rest of the season. Like, let's experiment. Let's let's see who can play the three-hole. Like, let's, like, this is the part of the season, and as, as weird as this might be, that could be actually end up being a lot of fun because this is where the Rockies can say, okay, we are not going to win the division. We are not going to get a wild card spot. Let's get weird. <laughs> let's do these September call-ups. Let's give these guys an opportunity. Let's see what happens. You know, they've experimented with Brennan Rogers hitting out of the three-hole. What if you, just for a game or two, let, you know, Elaris Montero hit out of the four hole? Let's just see what happens. Mm -hmm. Put Ryan McMahon you know in I mean? the two spot. Let's put Ryan McMahon in the two spot. Put CJ Cronin in the leadoff spot. Let's just see spot. what happens. Sure. You know what I mean? 
like like this is the opportunity that the Rockies have to do some weird stuff and see what might work for the future. And there are so and that's many we... players in AAA Albuquerque right now that I think should be on this big league team for the final stretch to see how yep. they do. Coco Montez and Alan Trejo have been re- have been two of the super bright spots in Albuquerque mm-hmm. for a team that has honestly underperformed because with, with how we've mentioned before, the bottom heavy nature of the Rockies farm system means that a lot of the mm-hmm. uh, prospects are in the lower levels of that farm system. And, you know, the isotopes are still fun to watch. And mm-hmm. I would love to see Coco Montez, Alan Trejo, Sean Bouchard, call them back up, see how they yep. do. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, Jose Iglesias is hitting 311. Dope meaningless at this point in the season. We should have traded him. You could release him and let him latch on with a another team where he's actually going to make a difference just to clear roster space and uh, and let some let Coco Montez or let Alan Trejo play shortstop for the rest of the season. Because it's not that big a hit. You know, Iglesias is, is paying what, four million, five million? That's that's not that much. But and then, heck, you could even, just to get real crazy, call up Carl Kaufman, see what he does. Like, there there are all these players that we could make roster changes to call up and just throw them onto the big league team and go, all right, let's see what we have in these guys. Because mm-hmm. there's going to need to be some changes overall with, with the minor league rosters and the major league rosters in the offseason. Rule 5 protections, mm-hmm. having to cut guys or move on from guys to make space. So, that's normally what you're supposed to do in these in these dog days of the major league baseball season, when you are very clearly out of it. That's when you're supposed to be seeing what you have for the future. And instead, you know, the Rockies are just going to keep trotting out the vets again and again and again to not really any meaningful result. And and let's be perfectly clear here. The Rockies have not been fun to watch, especially over the last month, especially since the All-Star break, especially yesterday against the Cardinals. That was one of the most miserable games I've ever watched. In addition to getting blown out, you have the injuries of Charlie Blackman and Antonio Sensatella. And then we just put up a big old zero against Wayno in the cards. It wasn't fun. It hasn't been fun. Because we were talking about this a little bit before the show. But the Rockies were bad last year too, right? But they were more fun to watch. Because even though they were brutally, painfully bad on the road, you had the course Field magic at home. We won home games. We won them convincingly. It was fun. There were still fun games to watch. And now, as we're in the waning days of the season, it's not so much fun. We're not winning at home. We're not winning on the road. Everybody's underperforming. Everybody's slumping. Mm-hmm. So make it fun. Call yeah. up Coco Montez. Call up Sean Bouchard. Let El Hiros Montero bat lead off and pitch in the ninth inning. Do something to make it worthwhile for us to be watching this team. Because it's not right now. I'll tell you that for free. It's not worthwhile to watch this team. It's it's not fun to watch them go out and struggle. It's not fun to watch CJ Crone slump or Connor Joe slump or you know Senza Taylor get injured to watch the 
the bullpen really struggle to watch our starting pitching just be nowhere near where they are supposed to be to watch the to watch the dugout look unhappy to watch bud black look totally miserable and then get thrown to the wolves in these after game press conferences because he's the only member of the organization that regularly talks to the media and has to field these questions that he shouldn't have to be fielding because they're for things that are not his responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and Winton Bernard has been awesome. I love Winton Bernard, but he is, as it stands, a quick dopamine hit versus the overall trajectory of the team. And if he, and that's another thing, Winton Bernard should be playing pretty much every game the rest of the season. He's earned it. And this team's going nowhere. Let him continue to play. But when you are at this point in the season, what else can you do except for what what we've suggested? Call up people, tinker with the lineup, see what sticks, see what changes are interesting. Because all I can really say is that the Rockies as they are, and like you said earlier, Skyler, with they don't want to show the weakness or whatever of them punting or admitting defeat. And there's nothing wrong with admitting defeat if you take the steps to avoid it in the future. It's not admitting defeat. It's not, it's not retreat. It's, uh, it's a strategic falling back to regroup and you know figure out what you can do. What do you got on all this, Skylar? Well, that's what I was going to say is we're a little short on time here before we take a break. But at the dog days of summer, there's two things you can look forward to in a losing season. You can either act as the spoiler, and that means you're still pretty competitive, but you're just out of the race, but you're putting up high-quality baseball games. Maybe you're losing, like, just by a couple runs each game. You can still be exciting and competing, just trying to play spoiler. Or... You can just start being exciting and, like you're saying, let the young kids play. You know, give guys opportunities. Winton Bernard, fantastic story. Let him play. Let him keep doing everything he can in the big leagues. You know, let him do whatever he wants in the big leagues. You know, because he's earned that, this emotional journey. Get a lot of good press from that. A great story that we talked about last week as well. But keep that going because it's one thing... I can accept if the Rockies are playing hard and they're losing by a couple runs. It's when they're getting spanked by a baker's dozen and getting shut out by a 40-year-old and giving up Uh huge grand slams to a (laughs) 42-year-old. No. Obviously, they're great players. But still, it's those spankings that you can't... Those are hard to stomach. And so it's that weird area where... You just got to have direction. I think that's what we're kind of getting to. The injuries injuries, are kind of that double-edged sword where, yeah, it, it sucks when you lose guys. That door closes, but a window opens, and you can let young guys play. And so you got to take those opportunities, make of it what you will. No, don't be stubborn, except like, we're, we're built to play. Dang it, we're going to compete. It's not helping anybody with that self with, you, we, we need some self-acceptance here. Realize who we are. You no, know, and that we can improve and do better. 
the first step is accepting that we have a problem. <laughs> Man, speaking so. of acceptance, when they pinch hit Albert Pujols in the third inning yesterday, I knew immediately. Like he's walking up the place, like he's going to get a, hit a grand slam, and Im- oh. pretty much immediately there it went. So tough, cool moment, but so tough. Yeah, I mean, I hope he gets to seven hundred. That'll be awesome, but. It would be awesome, yeah. just not against the Rockets. Boy, at our expense, huh? <laughs> what, what if he gets mm-hmm. to six ninety nine this season? Like, d- does he come back for I as would. long as he for can next year? I would be stubborn enough that it's like, no, I'm one away. I got to get to seven hundred. Or is to. he, he going to pull like a Bernie Mac in Mister Three Thousand, and it's his final at bat, and he has a chance? The pitcher that <laughs> he bunts, <laughs> this pitcher that he's just dominated his whole career. But he's been slumping <laughs> at the moment, and so he just drops a bunt. Underrated classic movie, by the way. I've actually never seen that movie, and I need to. It's a good one. Eh. I like that movie a lot. I'm glad you said that, Scott. I, I really like that movie, actually. But you should just imagine that. That would be hilarious mm-hmm. and weird. <laughs> Anywho's, <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break here, fellas. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more fun stuff about offense now. Woohoo! Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to Affected by Altitude. Still plenty of fun stuff to talk about here. Uh, Let's just jump right into it so we can get the times rolling, my friends. Uh, Evan just has the widest eyes I've ever seen staring at the (laughs) camera for some reason. (laughs) He's got some stats. He's going to have some stats that's going to blow our minds or something. I guess. Uh, blow your so, mind in a bad way. Good. No. Well, let's just roll into it. Talk about the first half about injuries. It's kind of good conversation about the Rockies. But one thing that's really been glaring this season, too, and we alluded it to it before, last year they are dominant at home, rough on the road. But we could at least count on the home Rockies offense just being so potent. But overall this season, especially here in the second half, Offense has really begun to tank. It's kind of been inconsistent all year. But we're seeing here in this second half that difference where guys are slumping, the team as a whole just not a good plate approach, and really struggling. Uh, Looking at the thing, it's kind of been the guys that have been producing, Brennan Rodgers, who's been fantastic all season except for April, which, hey, that's pretty good. Randall Gritchick's been doing good here in this second half. He's kind of picked things up. Jose Iglesias has been consistent. Montero's been good when he's been getting extended playing time now. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's, everybody else has kind of fallen off the board, fallen off the, the cliff, so to speak. What? I'll start with Evan here. Which player has worried you the most here in this second half? It's got to be C.J. Crone and Connor Joe. Yeah, they're just yep. they're not getting it done, and and Connor Joe specifically is mired in a, in a brutal slump right now. Where in the second half, since the All Star break, he's hitting 0.85. He's got four total hits, um, and 13 strikeouts to just three walks. He's not the batter that we expect Connor Joe to be, and his four hits in 47 at bats is as many hits as Winton Bernard has had in his first week of being in the big leagues uh, through 14 at-bats. Joe is slumping really, really hard, and it it stinks to see because we love Connor Joe. I I love Connor Joe. I want him to be 
a part of this team's future. I want him to have a home here. But he is just not hitting right now. He's not doing much of anything. He's seen his uh, playing time really diminish. He's seen his at-bats dry up. Um, no longer the leadoff hitter, no longer starting every day. And mm-hmm. and it's tough. And then C.J. Crone, uh, since the All-Star break, is only hitting a buck seventy-eight. Uh, only two home runs, only 11 RBIs, and he's drawn eight walks to 28 strikeouts. He's just not getting it done to the to the degree that made him an all-star before. And he's got a decent amount of doubles, and he's got a triple. That's cool. But, you know, we rely on him for his, his light tower power, his ability to hit home runs, and the home runs have kind of dried up. And and you can say that for a lot of this team. The home runs have dried up. Nobody except for Ryan McMahon has hit five or more, and nobody's hit more than five. Rough times there. And I think that's the biggest thing we can kind of roll into this, talking a little bit more about C.J. Crone, because he's on that two-year deal after a phenomenal season last year, kind of a bounce back. Had a fantastic first half where he was hitting, let me see here, had a 262 average here in the first half, had 20, or what was it? Sorry, that's his, That's the Rockies' career. Wrong numbers. He was hitting 298 in the first half. 21 homers, 69 ribbies, and 90 games played. Had his all-star game appearance. Fantastic first half, exactly everything we had hoped for. After that, since the all-star break, he has been... It's been rough. The Crone zone has fully frozen over, and he's just ice cold at the moment. Just two home runs in 109 plate appearances, which that is some rough, rough stuff. Mm-hmm. You know it's rough when I'm not able to share my Crone saw meme enough. Because <laughs> in that first half, I was sharing it every couple of days, it felt like. Mm-hmm. But here, he, he's just it's just so rough for him. And what are you noticing with CJ Crone here, Mac? Strikeouts. That's what I'm noticing, the strikeouts. I think, uh, you know, CJ is a professional at bat, and I think he's been around the league a long time, and that was what we saw a lot in um, the early parts of the season was, you know, just the rate of strikeouts was pretty low um, compared to, you know, a lot of the other players in his same position, and he is striking out a lot more recently. He... In April, he struck out 21 times, okay? So, you know, that's a decent little baseline to start the season. In May, which uh, was a pretty good month for him, but he started striking out more at 32. Then in June, when he hit 271, which is still okay, he struck out 33 times. Now in July, he's seeing that average drop, and he's still striking out a lot, almost 30 times in July. And so far in August, he's hitting 231 and has struck out 14 times. So if he stays on the pace he's at, this will be his most in a month. Uh, and, you know, it's... I don't know, man. I, I couldn't ever begin to tell you what it's like for a big league ball player to step in the batter's box against a big league pitcher, but right now it just looks like he's not recognizing pitches. Uh, a lot of weak contact for a guy that, again, we've seen hit long balls and even doubles, like... You know, he's, he's a good um, opposite field hitter. He can pull the ball into the gap if need be, and he's just not getting any sort of significant contact right now. Um, 
not recognizing pitches, swinging at a lot of pitches that I don't think he would have in the first half of the season. You know, down and away, uh, sliders and curveballs and changeups and things of that nature, and even getting beat in the zone with fastballs. You know, I, these are these are all um, anecdotal, just based on eye test stuff over the last couple of weeks. But right now, he is just a, you know in a slump. There, there's no other way to put it. Ever since the All Star break, since he's come back, like you said, like he has completely lost his power stroke. He has not been hitting for contact. He's not walking as much as we're used to him walking. He'll still draw a walk here and there. He's probably the best on-base uh, machine the Rockies have, not named Brendan Rodgers at this point or Jose Iglesias. But in general, man, he is just really, really falling off. And I'm not sure there's a quick and easy fix. I guess it's one of those things where he was an all-star this year. He's got to let him work through it. He's still their best first baseman probably as far as with the glove. I think uh, Montero can get there, but he's not quite as comfortable at this point. Um, so... You know, just one of those things he's got to work out for himself. And as hard as it is, that's what the big leaguers got to do, especially in, again, a season that we've mentioned is sort of a sort of a lost season. I don't necessarily know that there's a quick and immediate answer to Crone at first base. Um, and with a month and a half left, I'm not sure it's worth seeking one out anyway. So I hope he figures it out. I hope he can, you know, end the season strong, especially because he's going to be back next year, right, in the final year of his uh, little extension he got be back next year holding down first base for the Rockies but yeah he's got to figure it out because right now he is he looks lost frankly so I'm actually mm-hmm. glad you brought up batted ball results because there is something to look at mm-hmm. with CJ's yeah. balls that he's putting in play um his uh ground ball rate has gone up and and you can say this of pretty much every Rockies batter is hitting ground balls at a, a very high rate every single batter uh since the all-star break is hitting 40% or higher ground balls, except for three batters, two of whom are on the injured list. Uh, the three hitting below 40 are Chris Bryant injured, Elias Diaz injured, and Brian Servin. And and CJ's is, is on the low end of that spectrum, and that's good. He's got a 41.1% ground ball rate, but that is still higher than his career average and how he was doing earlier in the season. And since the All-Star break, you are absolutely right in that his hard hard hit percentage has dropped. His hard hit percentage is uh, 27.3%. His medium hit percentage is still is still fine at 55, uh, 54.5, but that hard hit percentage puts him, you know, sort of more towards the bottom in terms of of this team. Where Ryan McMahon, if, in comparison, his hard hit percentage since the All Star break is 46.3%, and uh, wow. uh, Elias Montero, um, 37.5. So you have guys that are hitting the ball hard. But it's not C.J. Crone. And and C.J. Crone's career hard hit percentage is 35%. So you've seen that take a drop. And it just makes you wonder what you know the team is going to do, not just for C.J., but for everybody in terms of adjustments that need to be made. Because there are some guys who are having, who have had a good month since the All-Star break. Um, Randall Gritchick is one of them. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, yes. of course, has been fantastic pretty much every month since uh, April ended. But you know, C.J. Crone is is struggling right now, and he he's he can put the ball in play. Like he's got five doubles, he's got a triple, but only those two home runs. He's not hitting the ball as hard, and he's hitting grounders more. And this is a team that already is has one of the highest ground ball percentages in the league. I think we have yep. the second most behind the Cubs, 
And this is a team that grounds into some of the most double plays in the league. Everybody just hits the ball into the dirt. Mm-hmm. And, and Which isn't great Yeah, for those wondering at home. It's never great when you hit the ball into the dirt and hit into double plays and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something interesting here with Crone, you can check out the Friday Rock Pile by Joel uh, Milholm. A good article that kind of dives into what happened to C.J. Crone where you know, everything's kind of like stayed the same from the first half, but it's that hard hit rate has really dropped where he's not hitting the ball. He's not barreling it up. Because when he does hit the ball, he's kind of hitting it the same as he was, but the ground balls have ticked up, the launch angles kind of stayed the same, all this stuff. He's just not hitting the ball hard. And maybe that's coming from he's not getting the right pitches, and so he's not able to make that solid contact. He's getting fold on stuff. Mm -hmm. The player, where his spot in the lineup, where he's getting surrounded, he's not getting good enough pitches. No, they've the league has adjusted to him after a monstrous first half. They must have adjusted with something where now he's not able to pick up on that. And and unfortunately, coaching staff and analytics haven't been able to help him make the adjustments yet to recognize that and start making the damage that we know he can and that we need him to make in the middle middle of the lineup. We need him driving in runs. No one hitting for a, a decent average, at least a 280 average, like he had been. So it's just this mystery of what happened to C.J. Crone. He's kind of the bigger story of, you know, just a, a morsel of the bigger picture with the Rockies' offense as a whole, where they are struggling, yep. struggling. And something interesting, kind of, this has kind of been a trend over the past couple of years too. Our old pal Kevin Larson, for, better known as the Sabermetric Skeptic on the Twitters from Rockspile, kind of brought up some stats that he tweeted about. Where the Rockies' uh, weighted runs created plus with no one on is 88 and is 93 with runners on. The Rockies' season-long runs weighted runs created plus of 90 would rank 12th out of their 30 seasons, and they haven't had a WRC plus better since 2016. So this season, their offense is the best in six years, which kind of hard to believe, which is absurd and but even then, that 93, that's still not very good. So as a whole, yeah, it's the best offense, air quotes, in six years. But the results aren't panning out because everything as a whole is just a mess and not working in tandem. Yeah, and with the, <sighs> with the way to runs created plus, for the season, only four players are average or above average and that's brendan rogers jose iglesias cj crone and chris bryant everybody else is below 100 and you have some guys who are well below 50 and one of those guys is sam hilliard who's hitting 46 and pretty much everyone else is in that range of 60 to 80 or 60 to 90 Mm -hmm. and that's that's frustrating because it's one of those things where you can clearly see where adjustments need to be made and they're not being made. And, and something I do want to point out is that there is there one good adjustment. The Rockies have made is that they are striking out less, uh, looking at our strikeout percentages for, for parts of this lineup. 
some of them are actually pretty good, especially in the in the second half, where I want to give again another shout out to Brendan Rogers, who Brendan Rogers has a thirteen point two percent strikeout rate since the All Star break. That's great, but then you look at C.J. Crone, and he's got a twenty five point seven percent strikeout rate. So one fourth of his at bats, he's going to strike out. And that's in line with what he was doing in the first half. Mm-hmm. But when he's not making the hard contact to make up for it, mm-hmm. it's harder to overlook. Perspective, Mac. Perspective. And over and overall, mm-hmm. CJ's strikeout percentage for the year, it's it's nothing really, you know, terrible to write home about. Uh, twenty six point twenty six point one percent. I think, you know, that's that's fine when you're hitting for that power because he's got, and it's, it's dropped a little bit because of his slumping, but he's he still has the uh, WRC plus of one hundred twelve, uh, one of the leaders on the team, just behind Chris Bryant, who you know, as we know, has has really not played that much. He's played the forty two games, but it's also again something that needs to be being said is that you can't rely on one guy to pick up the entire lineup. And now that CJ Crone is slumping, there's not that one guy picking up the entire lineup. Mm-hmm. And and I think that kind of goes into the thing where this philosophy with the Rockies lineup, where they just kind of cookie cutter everybody the same into the same hitting approach, same mold where CJ Crone He's your big bopper. He's going to strike out, but he's also his goal is to also just drive in runs, hit the ball with authority. Chris Bryant, kind of your all-around guy. Charlie Blackman's kind of in that same mold. Brendan Rodgers is kind of in that same mold. Those are kind of like your all-around. Those are your Marios in the superstar baseball for my Mario <laughs> baseball fans out there. <laughs> That's an amazing reference. C.J. Crone is our <laughs> I Bowser. Love it. Love it. <laughs> but you, you kind of know what I mean. We're, yeah. Know, Jose Iglesias is your contact guy who gets on base and should be coming around to score runs. And we're not getting that consistency throughout the lineup. Instead, everybody's kind of the same. Strikeout, strikeout, ground ball, ground ball, ground ball. And that's not how you win games. It doesn't matter that they have a 261 average, which is the highest in the National League. Doesn't mean a dang thing if they can't score runs and have that awful weighted runs created plus which is what one of the lowest in the league. It is 26th in all of baseball ahead of Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Oakland, and Detroit. Yep. Not good stuff. Not great. So they're not producing runs. Yeah, they can hit the ball and get on base, but they're not scoring runs. Where are the runs? Where are the runs, Mac? Part of it, too, ends up being that I think C.J. Crone, and this is, again, totally anecdotal, and I haven't looked at the hard data on this, but, like, CJ Crone, you know, because the Rockies are having so much trouble getting runners on base, is coming up with a lot more, you know, situations where it's two outs and nobody on. Or maybe, you know, it's two outs with one runner on. As opposed to the Rockies, you know, being able to set the table for him and have a couple guys on with nobody out, forces the opposing pitcher to pitch to CJ. If he's leading off an inning you know, because the one, two, three guys went down without a fight, they can sort of pitch around him and then make him chase at some of these breaking balls away. Um, Again, no hard evidence on that. Anecdotal, eye test, whatever. But I just noticed things like that, and I think that doesn't do him any favors either. Mm -hmm. 
certainly doesn't help in a game like yesterday where the Rockies did not have a batter right. at second base the entire game. Yikes. Right. That that truly, man, that was a game that they lost on both sides of the ball. That was like, that was a tough one. <laughs> I'm trying to look. There's the fun stat on Fangraph of the clutch stat, how it's whatever, averaged out or mathematically. So let's look. The Rockies are 15th in all of baseball with their clutch stat of negative 0.24. So middle of the pack. Anything that's negative, I assume, is bad or below average. <laughs> One assumes, yeah. <laughs> One would assume. You know what's crazy about that? This blew my mind. And this is like a week ago. And so this is pro- this might not even be true anymore. But there was a point about a week ago that said that Jose Iglesias led baseball with batting average with runners in scoring position. Yeah, he was right up there with, like, uh, it's one of those guys. And he also leads all of baseball in infield hits. Isn't that wild? Bizarre. Like, I saw that stat, and I was like, what? Like, I know Jose has, has played fairly well this season, but leading baseball with runners in scoring position? What? I know, but I don't know. It just, you know, little sidebar blew my mind. Well, how often does he hit with runners in scoring position? That's also the question. Yep, also true. <laughs> also also a good point. <laughs> Here's another interesting one. With win probability added, which you know, impact plays make, how much impact is what a player does, how much probability does that add to their winning? The Rockies have a negative 7.30 win probability added you know, in total, WPA. That's 23rd in all of baseball. Wow. Which, so anybody in the lower half of the league, 15 and under, have a negative WPA. Makes sense. And what do you know? The teams that have a positive WPA are right in the thick of their division races. Los Angeles. Makes sense. New York Mets, Astros, Yankees, Toronto, Atlanta, St. Louis. It's weird. You can get to that nitty-gritty where... Yeah, a two sixty one batting average, that's nice. But what what does that encompass? Mm-hmm. It encompasses one of the worst hit home run hitting teams in the league, like bottom five or something like that. Ground balls galore. It's rough. So what can they do to, to improve this offense, Evan? Oh, careful. He's got something ready to go. I mean at this point. We really need to look at, for the future at least, we need to look at coaching staff because we have seen this diminishing returns, low home run hitting, ground ball hitting, um, like lack of clutch baseball over the last couple years. This is not new. This is not surprising to me anymore. And I think something that needs to be discussed is the coaching staff. And I get a lot of I get a lot of flack for harping on Dave Magadan on the show online, but at the end of the day, no matter what your feelings are about Mags, is that whatever his approach may be, it is clearly not working. And yes. and when you have all these players who are slumping it is the job of the hitting coach to try and fix that. And and that's that's a problem that we have with this team of how, how insular and secretive they are 
is that we have no idea what he's doing because they're not going to put him in front of a microphone. Nobody goes in front of a microphone except for Buddy. And, you know, Buddy is not a hitting guru. He is not a hitting-focused coach. He's a pitching-focused coach. He's not going to be able to go out there and tell guys, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, other than the basic information. And I think another thing is a tremendous lack of analytics and preparation. Um, so the Rockies have finally hired a new person to lead up their analytics department. It is, of course, an internal hire in Brian Jones, who is the uh, previously the video coordinator. And for what is worth, and I, I won't go into anything long-winded on this, I think considering that we were always going to hire within, I think, for this position, I think Jonesy is probably the best internal candidate for that position. Um, players have spoken very mm. highly of him in terms of his ability to pull and analyze video. Okay, so that's that's awesome. Let's let's rock and roll with that. But we see this team come in completely unprepared to face certain pitchers. We watch Zach Gallen of the Diamondbacks wipe the floor with us every time, and it's the same thing every time. Where you'd think eventually you would have some kind of approach going into that game but they don't. And we saw it yesterday with Adam Wainwright. He carved us up for seven innings. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a combination of those two things. And, you know, there are some people I've, I've spoken to who, who disagree with me. And they think that when you're a major league hitter, the, the hitting coach is not as important. And I just, I have to, I have to disagree with that because I think for some players, yes, like for a hall of fame hitter, your hitting coach doesn't really matter. They're going to keep on being a Hall of Fame hitter. But for your your regular players, having a hitting coach to, you know, and analytics to break down what you're doing and make adjustments and fix things and change your approach is important. And that's not something that we're really seeing with this team. Yeah, and I want to piggyback on that because tell me any major league hitter that does the same exact perfect swing every single day, every single at bat for 15 years of a career. Yep. You know, that's what hitting coaches yep. are for, for those outside eyes that can look at you and say, Hey, you're doing this. I'm noticing you're doing this. Now you're dropping your shoulder as you're swinging through. You're not opening your hips. You're you no, know, you're having trouble on your load on these certain types of pitches. No, that's what the hitting coach does is to analyze that, look through all that, notice these things, and then give you tips of, well, let's try adjusting to this and see how that works. No, they're constantly helping tinker. And we talked this before that I mentioned last year, Albert Pujols, you're probably going to be unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer when he retires, 690 career home runs at the time of recording. No, nobody questions that he's a Hall of Fame hitter, one of the best ever in baseball history. He goes to the Dodgers last year. Guess what? They approach him and give him some tips of how to adjust his batting. And look what he does in improvement in his season with the Dodgers. That is probably carried over into this season as well. That's helping him with some adjustments. You know, the hitting coaches are there to help you improve. No matter who you are, their job is to help you improve and make adjustments in the ever-changing game of baseball. Pitchers make adjustments on the hitter. Hitter makes adjustments right back. No, 
you can't just do the same thing over and over and then just have a the hitting coach stand by and say give you the the thumbs up and say you're doing good sweetie you know they're there to to help and improve and give tips and they promote the hitting philosophy institute that i think and i think that's what we're seeing is that hitting philosophy is just not working for the rockies right now and i was looking at the stats here was it uh, just strictly home runs cuz we talked about that a lot lack of home runs this season 2022 they have 105 home runs that's going to be the lowest in a full season in their entire 29 years of existence wow which is absurd wow the next lowest was 125 in 1994 so maybe they reach that mark, but at this point it doesn't feel like they're going to reach that mark. That's crazy. So, and the lowest after that, 142 in 1993. So this will be their lowest since like uh, since 2005. Wow. The fact that we are reaching lows from when we were an expansion team, playing at Mile High Stadium, playing at Mile High Stadium is is more than a preponderance of evidence that the Rockies hitting philosophy, whatever it may be, because we really don't know. Like I've said before, we're not really clued into this stuff. They don't really uh, be open with it. But whatever it is, it's not working. And, uh, and I'll preface that by saying, like, I, I trash on Dave Madigan. It's true. I have nothing against him as a person. He's great guy, super nice, very well loved within baseball as a whole. But as a hitting coach, it is just not working. And that's not, you know, an indictment on Magadan as a human being. That is an indictment on his coaching. And sometimes coaching doesn't work out. And that is why you make changes. And the Rockies need to make a change. Mm. I think it goes back to what we're talking about. You know, Brian Jones, hopefully in the offseason, gets the resources no full reign, build up this analytics department, make it top of the line. You know that's what we said last year. Didn't work out with Scott Van Lenten, who was fired right before even the season started. If they can get free reign, hey, do what we can. How can we improve this offense? What do we need to do? Get an analytically minded coach. Get heck, get three or four hitting coaches. Get a team of hitting coaches. I think that's what the Dodgers do. And look at what they do offensively. And you have, I I will say, the Rockies have made some improvements in terms of their analytics team. They had four um, previously, and now they have eight. And and Jones has said that they are looking to, in the offseason, double their analytics team. So they'd have 16 people under him. Okay, awesome. Let's do it. But they also need the free reign to analyze and actually do their jobs. And then they need a coaching staff that is going to implement what they find out. Mm-hmm. Because you would think Coors Field opened in 1995. You would think that in almost 20 years, they would have come up with something for the Coors hangover. And they haven't. And now this year, we're not even hitting that well at course. 
Yeah. It's a big mm-hmm. mess, Mac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but the Rockies are in a transformative period, and it's time that they decide what they want to be. And I'm not saying that they have to clue, you know, the media or fans or anybody into, like, the, you know, exact steps they're going to take. I would never, you know, say that they should be made to do that, but I do think it'd be nice to just have an idea, like, of what the plan is, because they obviously... You know, you guys just read up the stats. We're not the Blake Street Bombers anymore. We're not. This is not the identity of the team. They they say that they want a pitching and defense-focused team. Okay. Sounds good. I can live with that. How are we going to get there? That's all I want to know. How are we going to get there? Mm-hmm. Especially when the That's pitching it. and defense has been really bad this year. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. How are we going to get to that version of the Rockies that, you know, the front office thinks that we can be? Or they can be. That they really believe the Rockies can be. Sounds good. I am all about that. I love pitching defense. I want to win games one to nothing, two to three, three to one. I want to win games. Let's like get that. that first no hitter at Coors Field. But exactly. Let's get that first no hitter or, or dare I say perfect game at mile high. Like by a Rocky. That'd be great. How are we going to get there? What is yeah. the plan? And maybe that's all. That involves parting ways with Buddy Black. Maybe that involves parting ways with Dave Magadan or Daryl Scott. Or even, um, heck, like um, any other any other coach. Maybe that means that Vinny Castilla is no longer in the dugout every game, and and that's just something that needs to happen. For the record, I don't keep Vinny forever. He's amazing. Uh, bring in Cargo to hang out with him. But it's very clear that changes need to be made. It may help to just. As a whole, just start getting younger across the board. Of don't get guys that peaked in their career or still in a, you know, baseball in the 1980s, baseball in the 1990s, baseball in the early 2000s era of thinking, and get guys that are more accustomed now getting adjusted to baseball in the 2020s. Being caught up with with the the modern game. Exactly. And so that, go back to, the analytics, analytically minded coaches, no, not to the extent of being slave to that, but using that to help you perform better, no, to inform your decisions even more than, you know, if you get what I'm saying. But more or less, just Rockies need to modernize. And if that's getting younger, maybe Bud Black says, man, I'm done with this season. I don't want to come back for the next year, even though I'm signed on. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go spend time with my grandkids. He certainly doesn't look happy. Nope. <laughs> so it could be one of those things where he resigns, and then with that, the coaching staff. So who knows if they'll make decisions? But changes decisions. Who knows if they'll make decisions? Which feels like a correct statement as well. The new manager of the Colorado Rockies, Carlos Gonzalez. Hey. Huh. That'd be he wild. Be too bad. It'd be interesting. Think. It'd be new. It'd be trending younger. Yeah, something like that. Or, you know, bring up guys like Chris Denorfia from AA Hartford. You know, mm. Look at your minor leagues. There's definitely some guys down there, good managers in that lower half of the league. I would say Jordan Pacheco has potentially earned, I was even after Pacheco one too. season in Albuquerque, a chance to be a hitting coach at the major league level because he's done some really interesting things down there. Mm-hmm. And he's 
a contact guy, low strikeout type of guy. No, he he's overall he's a good hitter, good hitting mind. Yeah, give those guys a chance. He unlocked Wayne like Bernard's Luke. power stroke in Albuquerque mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Yeah, he did. You know, and and look at what you know, Montero did down there. What Sam Hilliard kind of did down in AAA this year too a bit. You know, Alan Trejo, tons of these guys that are finding some success down in AAA hitting-wise. Jordan Pacheco's helped out. Yeah, you time. can certainly say that they are not a team that is hurting for power. Exactly. You know, even with the PCL being a huge hitter-friendly league, he's taking them above and beyond. So, yeah, we like looking inward. Let's look inward. They've hit like 11 grand slams this year. Yeah. Sweet. That's sweet. It's very cool. But, yeah. When when they're setting franchise records for most home runs in a game for the for the isotopes. Good stuff happening with that kind of coaching. Something's going right there. Yeah, and it even mm-hmm. e- that even fits the Rockies' philosophy of hiring from within. Here's a yeah. guy who is doing interesting things in your own organization. Okay, if you must hire from within, there's people. Mm-hmm. Promote from within. There's answers to everything, Mac. We're put, we're just laying it out here <laughs> on the silver platter. Keep here affected by altitude. That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think maybe well, that folks. should do it for us, huh? Before we start repeating ourselves ad nauseum. Yeah. Fun stuff. Well, folks, I think we're going to call it here. Run a little over time because we get to talking with our ideas of the future. <laughs> But thank you so much for joining us again for another edition of Affected by Altitude. Always enjoy any and all input and for listening to us and joining in on the conversation. Uh, Mac, where can the folks find you and what are you up to? Yeah, man. So hit me up at Mac Wilcox CBP on Twitter. Um, you know, always happy to talk about baseball or wrestling or video games, whatever y'all got going on. Yeah. Nice. How about you, Evan? Hit me up at, at Evan underscore Lang 27 on Twitter. You can also find us at the official Affected by Altitude Twitter account, which is at Altitude Fact. And as always, you can find the three of us at www.purplerow.com. In addition to us, all the other great writers and contributors on that website promoting daily. Facts. Uh, lots of cool stuff. Make sure you're checking out the website. Skyler, how about you? Where are we finding you at on the social medias? Find me on the Twitters at Sideline underscore Crowd. Uh, you can find my OnlyFans. Just kidding. No, no, go we on. We got that out. No, <laughs> it's one. The world. It's literally just pictures of fans. It's only fans. <laughs> it is only fans. <laughs> and we're demonetized. And I'm fired. Hmm. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at sideline underscore crowd. Always sharing my memes. Uh, Talking about Rockies baseball, sometimes I'll talk about the Northern Colorado Owls as well as their season winds down here in a couple weeks, but lots of fun stuff. And I do the Sunday Rock Piles, which you can always look forward to. So good times all around, but thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Hit them with it. Bye. Farewell. (laughs) Thank you. Farewell. Embarrassment. How dare you. Ha <laughs>